the stuff that Gabe says, he doesn't even pause when he says it. So what he says about it just being on the top of his head is so true. I'm being honest in the fact that when I go into a press conference with the media, like I just, it's just, you know, it's boring. Marks, a little push in, catch. Is he inbounds? Yes, touchdown. There's like 30 of you and me. You know what I mean? You guys can all come up with something that's going to, you know, get some some blood flowing in the brain. You know what I mean? There's no way any of it. He doesn't even pause long enough to think of something clever to say, which is which is crazy. Gabe Marks, look at just he's got some savvy. He just clears and pushes off just enough subtly to create some space for the ball to drop into. How did that come up in an interview? I don't remember. They asked me something. I went on some some tangent, I think, and then they came up, and I don't know. Frankly, NFL prospects aren't supposed to be interesting. Anytime they stray from the script, they're basically asking draft analysts to call them out for attracting attention, or stoking teams' constant fears that they won't fall in line as rookies. Places like the Combine are basically an assembly line of platitudes and cliches, even for many of the players whose outgoing personalities made them household names as college stars. Luckily, that's not the case for everyone. As Washington State went from Pac-12 bottom feeder to conference title game contender, Gabe Marks started making headlines. Not just because he's their leading receiver and a potential NFL talent, but also because, in front of the media, he has almost no filter. Like, at all. That can lead to high comedy, but it can also create some headaches. In the final episode of Draft Season, Marks gets the microphone once again. Does he need to keep his mouth shut to earn the NFL's trust? SI's Lindsay Schnell has the story. It's possible that you've seen former Washington State receiver Gabe Marks in action. Throws end zone and it is caught. Touchdown! Penalty flag is down. Marks pulls it in and Marks makes the catch for the Cougar touchdown. Marks, does he get a put down? Yes, touchdown Cougar. And another terrific reception by Gabe Marks. Long time to throw once Marks got it in the end zone. Touchdown, Gabe Marks from Luke Falk. Falk to the end zone. Gabe Marks, touchdown! But even if you haven't seen him, you've probably heard Marks. Got to make sure I word myself right when I talk to you guys or, you know, things might end up on, you know, front page somewhere, me saying something crazy. I don't know what their deal is, you know? It's kind of douchey, you know? Is that, like, okay to say on... You can. I mean, don't cut that. Let's be honest. <laughs> How do you feel about being 34 catches away from being uh, number one all-time in receptions in Pac-12 history? Sick. <laughs> that's sick. You know, let's be honest. That's kind of cool. I won't reveal my, my secrets of how I prepare. That's one thing I won't reveal to you. The wide receiver position, you know, we got the nod for probably the softest individuals on the field overall as a group. You know what I mean? 
Marx, who broke the Pac-12 receptions record in 2016, is widely considered to be one of the most engaging, and random, players in college football over the last decade. He will answer any question about any topic and encourages reporters to think outside the box. You got a question? You, you've been in here three weeks, you haven't asked a question. One question about anything in the world. Anything, any subject. Sometimes he even likes to go off on his own tangents and take reporters with him. I got to be on one college football video game and the year that they took it off, I was hoping to see a jump in my ratings, you know, by a lot. I don't know what my rating would have been, but it had to have been a little higher. When I was a freshman and I put my guy in, uh, yeah, I just, I cheated, you know. <laughs> I cheated, I made him faster, you know what I mean? Acceleration, agility, catching in traffic, all that spectacular catch. Kick return, he, you know, I don't kick return, but it's cool on a video game. You could be whoever you want to be, you know? You could have a guy. Everyone gets to live their dream. That's like, that video is getting serious play on the yeah. internet right now. That's, that's from playing Earth. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't, are they, is he getting like his own thing now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he should. Is he getting his own show, like a survival show? That dude is out of control. It's less about the iguana and more about the camera guy. The camera guy's angles in that video are amazing. He's like panning around the whole battle and the iguana's just like running and there's like snakes everywhere. It's like a scene from 300 or something. These guys just like fighting for his life. It helps that Marks plays for the most interesting and quotable and random man in college football in Mike Leach. Will in Lubbock, Texas, he says, I'm a freshman at Texas Tech and I'm new to Lubbock. I've got a first date with a girl and I was wondering if you might have some recommendations. You want someplace casual to begin with because uh, you don't want something real formal in the beginning. Honestly, I think most people that say that Christmas isn't their favorite holiday or line. So someplace casual, I recommend uh, Kegel Steakhouse, which is very casual. The, 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 the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep score in Little League anymore. There's very little salad there at Kegel, so then the, the the girl will be forced to eat in front of you. We're the most over-legislated sport in the history of the world. The, the movie theater's pretty good, but then you want to end it somewhere like uh, some cool coffee shop type of place where there's bizarre-looking characters going in and out so that if the conversation isn't going well, you can uh, reference some of the uh, different characters you see coming and going from the place. It's everything from some famous media journalist guy or some guy that's in a garage with a computer that he plays on a lot. I, if, it, if it's a huge night and you're really having a, a good time, then uh, you know you can uh, trade uh, computer uh, schemes and, uh, and uh, emails and all that uh, mischief that people are up to on that uh, nowadays, which I know nothing about. But with the NFL draft approaching, does one of the loudest prospects available, a young receiver with loads of potential and lots to say, feel the need to tone it down or rein in his personality? I went to Venice, California to find out. Marx, who grew up in Venice as an only child and returned there this off-season to train for the NFL, knows that wherever he goes, his reputation precedes him. That included February's NFL Combine, a glorified week-long job interview, 
where NFL teams sit across from prospects and pepper them with all types of questions. They ask them about defensive coverages and blitz schemes, navigating adversity through potential coaching changes. Why did they drop this pass or miss that tackle? They go off field too, asking about prospects, families, and friends. Are they afraid of clowns? What would they rather be, a cat or a dog? In short, nothing is off limits. And Marx was prepared for that. I think they tried to keep me off guard by not asking weird questions because they know that's my uh, that's my specialty is answering those kind of questions with little hesitation. So I think they tried to throw me off guard by asking me football questions, which I mean, you know, it's not like you know we could talk about a lot of a lot of things, but you know, I can also answer football questions because I I do in fact play football so contrary to popular belief I actually I know a lot of things about football too. Mark doesn't just know a lot about football he's pretty damn good at it too. At Washington State Mark's caught 312 passes a Pac-12 record for more than 3,400 yards and 37 touchdowns over four seasons of play. Bobbled and held on to does Gabe Marks make an amazing catch they say yes what concentration time finds his man is that marks touchdown cougars avoids the pressure throws to the logo there is gabe marks and that's the thing gabe marks wishes people understood we don't talk to him because he's fun or funny we talk to him because he's really good at his craft i'm i'm about doing my job first and then um you know that's basically the most important thing is if I wasn't doing my job then we wouldn't even be having this conversation so it I I I haven't I don't lose sight of what my job is my job isn't to entertain the media and the masses uh at at you guys as will and you know um do all these little funny things and all this stuff that you know some people might think is like me trying to be funny or whatever but um yeah, my my job is to play football, so that's what I'm going to do until I don't want to play football anymore or somebody says, hey, you suck, you're not good enough to play, and then I'll be like, thank you for telling me that. I will exit the back door. That being said... I mean, I, I don't want to, like, toot my horn or anything, you know what I mean? But I guess I've been a... I've had a bit of a personality. It's not a persona, though, you know? Like, maybe I really was the most interesting person in college football. You know, I can't, I can't, like, uh, fake that. I was just talking to people. People ask me questions, I answer them. And uh, if I become the most interesting person in college football, then, you know, some guys need to become more interesting. Gabe was really quiet growing up. What I tell people is that this is like his, um, his alter ego. Gabe in football is, is totally different than everyday Gabe. This is Jordana Gersh, Gabe's mom, who also lives in Venice. Jordana still can't quite believe everything she's heard Gabe say over the years. The one time I got nervous is when he called UCLA douchey. I don't know what their deal is. You know, it's kind of douchey, you know? Is that like okay to say? On... Mm-hmm. You can. I mean, don't cut that, let's be honest. 
And that's when I was like, oh my God, I think he really just ruined his career. But she agrees that when you consider who Gabe played for the last four years, it sort of adds up. Gabe ended up growing up to be very similar in personalities as, you know, the legendary Mike Leach himself. Well, what I've always wondered about Leach is like, I can't imagine what like a team meeting with him is like. Like, does he just go, go super forever. off topic? No, go forever. <laughs> it depends on how he's feeling. That's why we, that's why we were we tried to win games a lot at the end here. We were tired of the meetings. You come in on that Monday after a loss, and it's like we're gonna be here for a long time, you know. And you don't know where it's gonna go. He could blow up. He could tell you a story about you know whatever. I don't know. Do I you think, think he's crazy like the rest of us do? Do I think he's not crazy? Yeah, he's, he's not crazy. He's just like, his, his mind is moving at a different click than the, the masses. I don't know. He's smarter than you guys. Just, he knows a lot of things. And actually, here's the crazy part. Gabe Marks and Mike Leach, that was never supposed to happen. Marks was actually supposed to head east. He was committed to play for SMU and June Jones, who also ran an air raid offense, a system Marks was drawn to. Gabe's never cared about being in the spotlight, evidently, because he was going to be in the American Conference and no one here on this side of the country was ever going to see a game. But then two weeks before signing, I think Mike Leach got hired at Washington State and Gabe got a call and he was all the way in because Michael Crabtree is one of his favorite players. Yeah, I used to watch the NFL Network every day. Like, that was the only channel I watched. So, Did you have a favorite team, a favorite player, someone that you modeled your game after? Yeah, I was I was a, uh, I was a Raider fan for a long time, and I had to become an independent for a little while. Why? At the end of my childhood, because they didn't, um, they didn't draft Michael Crabtree in that, that draft. I think it was 2008. They didn't draft Michael Crabtree in eight. Decided to draft Darius Hayward Bay because he was fast. And that was just like, that was like the last draw for me as a fan. I just couldn't, I couldn't take anymore. When you think about it now, Marks and Leach seem like a natural fit. But Marks insists they did not bond over their quirky personalities. No, that we didn't connect because of that. We connected because of football. And he needed a guy that can come and catch a lot of passes. And... I needed a guy that was going to let me catch a lot of passes, so it was more of a, uh, we were doing kind of business, I guess, you know what I mean? It was a good move for me, and uh, it helped the team for him. So Marks goes to Pullman and plays as a true freshman. He starts most of his sophomore year before redshirting in 2014, his junior year. By the time he returns to the field in 2015, he'd become one of the best receivers in college football earning all Pac-12 honors and being named a Bolitnikoff finalist, an award given annually to college football's top wideout. And about that time, Marks also became everyone's favorite interview. He finds his favorite target, Gabe Marks, for the go-ahead score. Coverage, touchdown, Washington State, Gabe Marks. Back shoulder down the sideline, making the catch, Gabe Marks. Towers towards the pylon, and he's in for the touchdown. Down the far sideline, into the sunshine, complete to Gabe Marks with two men. Touchdown, out. Washington State, number four to Gabe Marks. Do you think you're funny? Do you entertain yourself? 
do I entertain myself? I don't think so. I don't think I entertain myself that much. You know, I just uh, like do you laugh I at guess, your own jokes? No, that's no, I don't. I don't laugh at my own jokes. My girlfriend laughs at her own jokes, <laughs> which is like it, it bothers me because she doesn't let me get. She doesn't let me hear the punchline. She's already laughing, so it just kind of throws it off. But um, no, I don't think I don't know. I just I just say. I just say what I want to say. And I guess I got the, the dry tone and how I say things and it comes off as dry humor and a lot of people like that. A lot of people are into that right now. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to roll with it, try to evolve with the t- the changing times of humor and comedy, I guess. Maybe go stand up. I don't know. When the football's over. It's good to have a backup plan, right? Yeah, I don't know. So when you started speaking to the media a lot, when you started to play a lot, catch a lot of passes... A lot of athletes feel like they need to have a filter. Did you not feel like that in general? And then especially because of who you played for, feel comfortable just saying whatever you wanted? Um, I can't say that that him not being my coach didn't uh, make me feel a little bit safer in being not safe on the microphone, I guess. So, um, yes, I, I guess that had a little bit to do with the confidence of talking to the media and everything. But, um, as far as athletes, like feeling like they need to tone themselves down and stuff like that, that's just, uh, you know, that's, that's not necessary. I mean, uh, people want to hear what athletes have to say and they're an important, uh, they're important people to a lot of people. So, I mean, um, just as long as you know what you're talking about and you don't say th- anything, um, you don't say things uh, just because and everything that you say, you you feel that way inside and you believe that, then you can say what you want as in, 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 a, in the right tone and sense that's not, you know, like overly, you know what I mean? There's a way that you can get your point across without, you know, making people feel like, like um not safe and uncomfortable and all that stuff like that right but like nick saban would kill one of his players if they called another team douchey for example i just i guess i got lucky you know i mean i it's hard it's hard to uh it's hard to kill a guy for saying something that's that's not wrong you know what i mean so it's like i'm sure leech is seen some of my interviews and been like you know what I mean you're you're you know you're walking the line but he's he's crossed the line before so I mean have you felt that have you ever walked into the locker room and been like maybe I shouldn't have said that like after the UCLA stuff not really because like I said it was like I would that's that's how I felt and a lot of people told me after that from different places that that's how they felt too so did you feel like before you went to the combine and before you started talking to teams, did your agents or anyone that you're working with now tell you, okay, you need to rein your personality in? Have you felt that at all? Nah, no one, no one, uh, no one's ever told me that. Um, I think people uh, know, people that know me know that, you know, the longer you talk, that we have a conversation, the more people will see that I'm being genuine about everything I'm saying and people end up respecting that whether they agree or disagree. 
But Marks also understands that when it comes to the NFL, where millions of dollars are on the line, being genuine, well, it can get complicated. That's the dilemma of the professional athlete right now. Because it's like, you can't be... Um, can't be yourself because if you're what you are is not what they want you to be then you could like not have a job so you know a lot of the a lot of athletes come from you know not the best situations and it just doesn't seem very worth it you know it's a conundrum. You love you love being on a team, and you're like a team guy. So you know you don't want to do anything to hurt your team or the image of your organization, like your university or whatever. Marks, in particular, understands the piece about coming from not the best situation, wanting more for yourself, and the role sports can play in pushing you into a better environment. In his Venice neighborhood. Mark saw plenty of people succumb to drugs and gang violence, detouring into a life he wanted no part of. He also understands that for other people in Venice, that life wasn't a choice. Like Gabe's father, Michael Marks, who was killed in a drive-by shooting in 2004 when Gabe was just nine years old. Here's his mom again. At the time, out here, it was a, it was a gang war against blacks and Mexicans. And what happened was his father was just standing on a street corner and they came through and just shot at the first black person that they saw and it just happened to be his father. I, I just had to tell him like something really bad happened. He knew, he knew about the gang problems that we were having. He was very aware of the situation and I just had to tell him that your dad was at the wrong place at the wrong time and got caught and um, they they got him and unfortunately he didn't he didn't survive. Unfortunately in life and where we come from things happen and you just continue you t you continue you either you either you either move on or you fold. You keep going or you give up and and he chose to keep going. The, the city, sometimes, if you're here long enough, you get into situations and you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, gang violence happens and he's in the crossfire of that. Jordana actually put Gabe in football in hopes that it would help keep her son off the streets. She's also said, although Gabe isn't sure he totally agrees, that football was therapeutic for him. As Gabe grappled with the loss of his father, football gave him an outlet for his anger, and it opened up a world of possibility beyond Venice. So did you view football as a way out of that? As a way out of... I guess the L.A. life that, you, as you said, uh, a lot of I people needed, can get caught up in? I, mean, I needed to find a way out somehow. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? My mom didn't... And it wasn't going to be like chess? <laughs> no, it wasn't going to be that. Not No. No, it wasn't going to be chess. Uh, yeah, I had to find a way. I didn't know until probably after my 11th grade year that I had a chance. You know what I mean? And then uh, it worked out, but you got to figure out something. I mean, 
Jordana couldn't have paid for college herself. You know what I mean? Like, at all. So I don't know what would have happened if... Yeah, I mean, I wasn't stupid. I knew that, you know, the only way to have a better life is to get a college education in this society. That's the thing that says that, hey, I'm qualified. But here's another twist. Jordana wasn't thinking of college when she put Gabe in football. In fact, college was the furthest thing from her mind. Not only did not I not imagine Gabe being here today, but I didn't even think about college. My goal for my son was just, I want you to become a high school graduate and not a statistic. I couldn't afford to send him to college, so college wasn't even in my realm, my realm was just my son needs to graduate high school and he has to get a high school diploma. But now Gabe Marks is on the brink of becoming a statistic. You've seen those NCAA posters, right? The ones that say less than 2% of college athletes go to the pros. Well, next week at the NFL draft, where Marks is projected as a fifth to seventh round pick, he'll become part of that 2%, a statistic no one saw coming. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, I can't even put it to words right now. I'm so, I'm so happy for him. He's worked so hard. He's worked so hard to get here. He's always been considered too short, too slow, too small, too this, too that, and now Again, he's going to prove everybody wrong. I would even say it if he wasn't mine, just watching his career. He deserves it. He's worked so hard for this. What do you think his dad would say to him on the brink of this incredible Mm -hmm. accomplishment? He'd be proud. He'd be very, very proud. He'd be excited. He'd want him to go to the Cowboys because that was his favorite team. (laughs) But like me, he'd be proud. You know, Gabe, Gabe, he did it. He really, he really, he's really, he did it. You know, even this far, he's accomplished so much that we never even could have imagined. He is proud. He's proud. I believe he's been watching him and protecting him and I really think he's been he's been there with him. As for Marks, he's just ready for the next step and anxious to prove to all the doubters, all the people who still say he's too short or too slow, too this or too that, all those people who think he's just a system receiver. He wants to show them they're wrong. And as usual, he has no problem opening his mouth and saying it to him. So what if it's the air raid? So what if it's Mike Leach's offense? Like, everyone throws the ball now. Everyone. And if you don't throw the ball and you're not Alabama, you're not very good. That's just how it is. You're just going to be, you're just an average team because the ways of football, the game of football has changed. And, you know, like it or not, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, we're going to give it to the running back 40 times and then play action and throw it to our six foot nine, 
tight end or whatever it is. I mean, there's guys like that, but they can play receiver too. And a lot of teams that are really good in the NFL, their offenses kind of look like ours now. So, Do you feel that that's a stigma that you fight still? It's weird. doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. If even even if even if you were to call me or the the wide receivers that play in our system, you call us uh, system uh, receivers. It's like okay, if that is true, if that is naturally true, if you look at the stats, I obvious you I obviously mastered my system while I was there. So if that's the case, every team has a system. So if that if that's what you're gonna say, if that's what you're gonna stand by, then I mastered that system. How come I can't come master your system? You know what I mean? How come I just can't be a system guy for you? Which I don't think is the case. I think you have to be pretty good to catch a lot like 300 passes and 40 touchdowns. So I don't know. I'm not like you know saying you know well I am saying yeah you know I'm pretty good. This episode was reported by Lindsay Schnell and produced by Alex Abnos. Alex created the theme song for the podcast, and Harry Swartout created the art for this episode. Special thanks to Tim Balk, Ben Eagle, and the rest of SI's NFL and college football teams, as well as to Gabe Marks, who is sure to entertain everyone wherever he ends up. I mean, I don't do that much. I could do like a, like a talk show or something like that, I think. I, you know. Were you interviewed people? Yeah, it's like... Okay, if you had a talk I'll show... I'll just interview my friends, I swear to God. <laughs> okay, but if you had a talk show and you had, like, three dream guests who are public figures, who would it be? Living or dead? Who are public figures? Yeah, like, not your friends. Like, that's not... I was, I was gonna drop three dudes that you wouldn't know. <laughs> public figures. Hilarious. It would be like... Like, we'd have, like, a cult following. It'd be that funny. No doubt. Um... I mean, or dead, I don't care. I guess that's the question you get right about, like, if you could go to dinner. But yeah. for you, if you had a talk show. Um, Ali. Yeah, Ali, for sure, definitely. Um, Muhammad Ali, mm, I don't know. I, like, I still want to, like, I want to say Jimi Hendrix, but Jimi Hendrix wasn't really about <laughs> the talking like that. He was just about that action, so... I would just like have Jimmy like play in between like the things and I just watch him play. That works. And that'd be dang. Um, Muhammad Ali I'd have to I'd have to talk to Obama, dude. He's yeah. just he's tight. Yeah. Obama's tight and um Obama What would you want to ask Obama? Probably like if if there's a way, like probably Jesus. <laughs> You know if, what I mean? there's if there's a way, you know, and if that's like a thing, you, we don't know. It's so long ago, we don't really know. But if it's like a thing, and you know, we can bring him on the show, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down. Cause I have, I have. I mean, he has so many questions. Day, allegedly, so I, I <laughs> have, I have some questions that need answered for the for the for the sake of mankind and. We can get all that squared away right right on that one day. We'd have Muhammad Ali represent, you know, his people and, you know, um, uh, 
Jesus can come in there and do his thing and <laughs> we can all like just we can all just settle it right there. We just like this is it. 